Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to Lighting Up the Marquee. It's uh, episode 16, I believe. Um, going, with, going with that. Going with episode 16. Uh, there was no discussion episode this week. Uh, it was a crazy, hectic bit of a weekend. Uh, going from LA to Indy to Chicago, back to Indy, back to LA in like three or four days. Uh, so just the traveling and everything got me exhausted. So, uh, I didn't, and there really wasn't much to discuss on this week. Um, beside the Sonic trailer that everyone's been <laughs> talking about, um, cause it looks bad, but yeah, I, I kind of took a little bit more time off this week, uh, to kind of recover from the weekend. It was a lot of fun at the city youth festival promoting moon Miner. It was great to see, um, uh, Shahir and Chris again, and along with all the other crew members of Moon Miner, as well as seeing a lot of other uh, Columbia students that came out to support it. It was a lot of fun. It was a great weekend. Great to see everybody. Um, but yeah, so we're coming back for reviews today. Um, this was a, a little bit of a, a lackluster weekend, especially coming off of last weekend with Endgame, which is still dominating the box office i believe it's almost at two billion dollars in just a week i think i think it's only been a yeah and literally just a week it's almost made two billion dollars so i'm hoping it surpasses avatar um i think it's i have some beef with that about avatar being the number one um overall box office uh, dominating movie uh, or all-time box office record. Uh, my beef with that is I'm pretty sure he re-released that movie twice. So it got its initial run and then they brought it back and I'm pretty sure they brought it back for a third time. So it just kept making money off of all those runs and I, I technically am like, okay, I don't count that even though the numbers show it, but uh, that movie's mediocre. It's not that great. And then I don't know why James Cameron's making his life about Avatar, but... Um, go see Endgame, everybody. It's great. I'm actually trying to find time to go see it again. Um, I wasn't going to do a spoiler review of it, but if you want to, if you guys have the three hours, go over to my buddy uh, Nick's podcast, uh, currently called Post Credits Podcast, but he's been making announcements that, that the name will be changing soon. So uh, go listen to He has a three-hour review that he does uh, spoiling, spoiling, spoiling Endgame. Um, it's a great review. It's three hours, just as long as the movie. So if you got the time, it, it, go check it out. I'm not going to do one over here. I'm just, I have my little 16 minute spoiler free thoughts. That's all I'm going to do for it. But, uh, this was a little bit of a lackluster weekend. Like I said, there wasn't really much coming out. Um, I was actually kind of dreading this weekend because they have the, well, they have the Ted Bundy movie that just got dropped on Netflix um the title is incredibly long and stupid and they should have they shouldn't have titled it this but it's being called extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile um and i could not remember that title at all i'm actually reading it right now because i couldn't remember it um but then i was also dreading this weekend because that ugly dolls movie came out and i believe this other movie called the intruder came out which just looked like a generic 
a generic like PG thirteen home invasion movie that's marketed to what it what it's supposed to be like thirteen year olds going to get some cheap scares. So I wasn't really interested in those. But then I actually found out that that new Seth Rogen, uh, Charlize Theron movie, uh, Longshot, came out this weekend. I thought it was coming out next weekend, but it's it's out this weekend. So I said, I'm not gonna go suffer through ugly dolls. I don't care about the intruder. I'm going to go see Longshot. So I saw that and then the I'm going to I'm just it's the Ted Bundy movie. I'm not going to keep calling it that stupid long name, but I saw Longshot and Ted Bundy's movie. Um uh and I was surprised going to see Longshot on Thursday night. I went to go check tickets. I'm like, "Oh, I, I should be able to get a ticket no problem. Like probably it's going to be pretty open theater." Uh, it was almost packed. Like the theater was almost sold out that I was at, and I was super surprised just because of, again, it's coming off the backs of Endgame, and I was still picturing Endgame, and, and Endgame was still out in Los Angeles, still selling out theaters. Um, but I was surprised. Longshot was like almost a packed house. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure there was like five seats open in my theater. Um, but I forgot it's also a romantic comedy, so it's like a date night movie. So you got everybody going on their dates to go see Longshot. And then you just got me sitting there with my Coors Light by myself in the back of the theater (laughs) doing my job. (laughs) Um, The premise of Longshot, um, because like I said, I forgot this movie was coming out this weekend. I thought it was coming out next weekend. So it might be flying under people's radars, but I saw it was getting pretty good reviews. So I always like seeing when comedy films get pretty good reviews. Um especially now with a lot of lackluster ones coming out. But the premise of Longshot is uh, when Fred Flarsky, that's his name, when Fred Flarsky reunites with his first crush, one of the most influential women in the world, Charlotte Field, he charms her. As she prepares to make a run for the presidency, Charlotte hires Fred as her speechwriter and sparks fly. Um, so about this movie... <laughs> Um, there's like, there's not really much to, both movies honestly isn't really much to say about in terms of cinematically. It's very, uh, I'm going to start with long, let's start with long shot before I jump ahead to Ted Bundy's film. Uh, there's stuff to like about long shot and there's also stuff to not like about long shot. Um, I had fun watching this film, but it's a film I probably don't ever need to see again. Like, I'm someone that grew up with all the old Seth Rogen comedies, like like Superbad and Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Virgin and, like, that uh, group. So I grew up with those, like, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I grew up with those kind of rom-coms. So I do like those and the comedy that they do in those films. So it definitely, like, harkens back to that style, which is very I like it it's very uh don't get me wrong it's not everybody's style but um it was very uh a lot of the jokes for me didn't land in this film there's a lot of good ones and then there's a lot one a lot of ones that are pretty predictable so you already know the punchline before it happens and there's a couple reoccurring jokes or reoccurring (sighs) characters that come back and it's just like they're one note jokes the whole time that it kind of just gets repetitive and stale. Uh, in particular, I liked... Um, there's a cameo by Paul Shear, who I think is a very funny actor. 
Um, he shows up in the beginning of the film, and I thought his cameo was really funny, and the way they were using him, he's like a Fox News anchor, and they're like making fun of all the like, the comments they make on those shows being misogynistic, and I like the joke they do at the beginning, but then they kept kept bringing him back occasionally, and I'm just like, okay, it's the same like one-note joke. It's, it's kind of getting old now. Um, there's a lot of jokes like that in this film. Um... And like I said, there's really not much to say about this film. It's very, it definitely has that like Judd Apatow style of filmmaking where it's very uninteresting to look at. It's very simple setups and everything. So, uh, but it's like a rom-com, but I mean, they could do more interesting things like Baby Driver's technically a romantic comedy, like action romantic comedy. Um, But that's Edgar Wright who has his own style. This is directed by Jonathan Levine who did... Uh, what has he done? Oh, okay. He did Fifty Fifty, and is probably his biggest movie. Um, he also directed Snatched, and was the writer of Warm Bodies. Um, oh, and he wrote The Night Before, starring Seth Rogen. So, uh, what, what else has he directed though? Oh, he did direct The Night Before too. So he wrote it and directed it. Um, so yeah, he just, it's, it's a director that just gets the job done. So nothing too crazy with his style. Uh, there really isn't much of a style. The weird thing is I thought this script was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It it definitely has their like style and it definitely seems like a very improv heavy movie, uh, especially because Seth Rogen, that's how a lot of his comedy works, but it's actually not written by those two. They produce it, but they didn't write it, which I was surprised by when I saw that come up. Um, uh, I mean, this movie's getting really good reviews. Uh, it's at an 83% on critics, a critic score, and then a 72 audience score. Honestly, it's it kind of could be lower than that. It's just a fine movie. Uh, there's nothing too... It's not terrible and it's not great. I, I thought it was fine. Like like I said, I don't need to watch this ever again. Uh, the chemistry between Charlize and Seth is really good. They both have really good comedic timing off one another. They both have pretty good uh, dramatic moments in the film. More from Charlize's end than Seth, but they're both good. I liked O'Shea Jackson Jr. as Seth Rogen's uh, friend. Um, and like... Uh, oh, also, uh, June Diane Raphael, Raphael, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, she's a great comedic actress, um, and it's good to finally see her getting bigger roles, because she's definitely, she's great in the league and a lot of, like, uh, TV shows and movies, but now she's finally getting, like, some pretty good roles. Uh, so it's great to see her getting, uh more recognition so like all of them are great pretty much all the performances in the movie are pretty good um the the biggest fault of this movie is it definitely falls into the whole cliche and tropes of uh, rom-coms and they're not even like they're not even they do a lot of meta jokes in the film but they don't do enough or not even enough meta jokes they don't make fun of the idea of the romantic comedy like tropes they're just going with it and even though they're making meta jokes about women in politics, um, s- kind of social classes and like how people perceive image. Um, so there's a lot of like messages in there and like meta jokes that they make about today's society, but then they don't make meta jokes about the romantic comedy 
formula that it falls into. So that was like a big issue because I remember I was watching it and I'm just like, I can predict what's going to happen. They set up these characters, they meet, they start to grow together. uh, They, everything's going good for a while. Something comes into their relationship that tears them apart. They move together. And by the third act, they have to come together and uh, like resolve it. So it's a very uh, one, two, three plot structure and it's very predictable. So that was honestly my biggest problem with the film but really not much to say about this film like i said it's you don't need to rush to the theater to go see this this is very much uh if you're if you're bored at home you want a good laugh you want something something to not really you don't really need to pay attention to it and you'll still get the gist of the whole story uh maybe check it out like on a red box rental if it's at if it's on netflix check it out if you it's it's also like if you have a date it's probably a good date night movie honestly um but you don't really need to rush to the theater to go see it with your date maybe like if you're having a a netflix night just watch it then um probably just five out of ten for this one um like i said nothing nothing great nothing terrible uh it's fun to watch like i was I wasn't bored through it, but I was having a good time with it. My theater was laughing, so it was a good experience. But um, don't need to ever watch it again. But uh, if you want a better ro- romantic comedy, watch like Forgetting Sarah Marshall or Knocked Up uh, or even Superbad. Just watch those movies. They're a lot funnier and they're a lot better and they still hold up. Um, but that's going to do it for Long Shot. Probably better than Ugly Dolls, probably better than The Intruders. So I'm glad I didn't see those two. But we're moving on to the new ted bundy biopic uh extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile um an incredibly long title that's stupid um they could have just called this movie like bundy or something and everyone would have gotten it they they, you give it a title that no one will remember and no one knows um until you say oh the movie's about ted bundy and then everyone will get it but uh i also i knew this was coming out this weekend but when i got onto netflix this morning it wasn't it wasn't being promoted which was odd to me like i got on and usually when a movie gets released say like uh like recently like bird box and like the highwaymen that i haven't checked out yet but that got released a couple weeks ago and even i believe there was another movie that just came out on netflix that they were promoting through when you get on the main page, uh, I think it's something I reviewed on this podcast too. I'm just blanking on it, but they usually promote it on the, um, the homepage of Netflix. So I was surprised, I was surprised this wasn't. Um, and I was wondering, I'm like, is it getting released this weekend or like what happened? So I, I just, even when I was typing it in, uh, I think I just typed in like extreme or something and it wasn't popping up. But then the the documentary, the Ted Bundy tapes was coming up and I'm like, and I, I was still wondering, I'm like, did this get released? And then I typed in a little more and then it finally came up, but it wasn't still the top search. And I'm like, hmm, it felt like Netflix was trying to bury this movie. Um, and I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I I was thinking also when that happened, I was thinking this is a movie that like, it wasn't getting the best reviews when I was looking at it going in. It was like middle of the road, not great, not terrible. But uh, I was wondering if it was going to be one of those cases where it's like Bird Box, where 
critically the movie's meh, but like audiences blew it up proportionately. Um, and I didn't think this movie would blow up as much as Bird Box did, which was insanely... I don't know why that movie blew up at all. It's not that great. But uh, I was wondering if that was going to be the case. And then I guess audiences also feel the same way about this movie. That it's, it's meh. Um, so after watching it, I kind of agree. It's just a... It's a meh movie. I don't think it's terrible, but I... They did miss a lot of uh, opportunity with it. Um, so I think the the tagline, logline of this film can kind of... If you're not aware going into it, like if all you know about this movie is going into it, it's about Ted Bundy and like what Ted Bundy did. Um, it's not. the it, it is about Ted Bundy, but the premise of the movie and the logline, I think, will help better set it up. Um, it's basically a courtroom frenzy ensues and sweeps 1970s America when a young, a young single mother reluctantly tips the attention of a widespread manhunt toward her longtime boyfriend, Ted Bundy. Um, also kind of apologize for that because I did not read that before, but that's kind of a spoiler. That's kind of a spoiler to a plot point (laughs) in the movie. Um, my bad, but uh, (laughs) that's fucking IMDb's fault. They that like that spoils a a big. I think that spoils the turning point of the film. Honestly, <laughs> way to go, IMDb. Uh, sorry about that, but um, this movie was weird. I was expecting. I wasn't expecting a movie like Zodiac, which I think is one of David Fincher's best movies. Um, because the way Zodiac is presented, and like, there's a difference between Zodiac and Ted Bundy, where Zodiac never was caught, where Ted Bundy was caught, but. Uh, the way Zodiac does it is they show a lot of the murders happening and it's like very ambiguous, not ambiguous, but like you don't know who's doing it and you don't know why they're doing it, but you, and you don't understand, you don't understand or you don't not sympathize with them, but you're not, uh, you're not understanding why they're doing it, but you're following along so you can see how just like evil this person is. Um, honestly, they don't really do that in this movie. I never once get a sense that this, that Ted Bundy is this evil figure that like he's, but he obviously was, but in this film, it never really presents that until probably the very end or like the last five minutes, maybe last five, 10 minutes. Um, it's weird. Most of this film is like, like court cases and like, um, what is, what's the, I'm trying to think of like the wording I used when I was describing it to someone earlier. Um, it's a lot of, um, where is it? I think, I think I just described it as it's just a bunch of, a series of courtroom scenes and like the way they'll handle it is they'll, there'll be moments with like Ted Bundy and then his, I believe girlfriend. I don't think they ever got married. Um, Liz Kendall, who's played by Lily Collins, um, it'll like show moments between them, and then the film will cut to black, and then it'll just pop up with like real news footage from the seventies explaining like two sorority girls were murdered in their house last night, and then here's the sketching of the man, and it's po- it's Ted Bundy, and it's like the real footage they use, but it all it does that so many times throughout the film. Like I get it's a stylistic choice, but they never once show him like. 
it's the thing they never like build him up to be this evil figure and that was my biggest issue is like okay like you're showing me real footage uh or like showing me real um like real footage of the murders not of the murders but of the aftermath of the murders to show how horrific of a man he is and even in the courtrooms they'll describe everything he did um to get this sense but they never they never build it up they just show him in his personal life drastically cut to these things and then drastically cut to him in jail or as like getting his mugshot taken where it's like oh but that's not it doesn't make it interesting then it just makes it like it felt very documentary style but it's supposed to be a feature and you're not supposed to sympathize with Ted Bundy at all. He's not the character you're supposed to sympathize with. So there's another weird thing the movie does where it's supposed to, I believe, be told through the eyes of Lily Collins' character. And it does that at the beginning of the film, which I thought was an interesting choice. But then halfway through, she kind of disappears for a while. And then it becomes more about Zac Efron, uh, who's playing Ted Bundy. And it's just, it was, this movie was like, I don't know. And like I said, when it talks about it like being a documentary, it's weird because the Ted Bundy tapes just came out a few months ago, and it's directed by the same director, Joe Berlinger, who is known for making documentaries. He worked with Metallica for their Sane Anger album, uh, which that documentary is interesting. Um, and funny enough, James Hetfield, the singer of Metallica, has kind of a cameo role in this, so that was something I was kind of looking forward to seeing. Um He's good in it. He just has one scene, but that was something I was looking forward to was James Hetfield's role in this. Um, but it's weird because I think I was talking to somebody about it and I was just like, just watch the Ted Bundy tapes because you get more of who Ted Bundy was as a person and like how horrific he was and they build it up more so than this is just like a Wikipedia version of like what happened. Uh, and then you don't get a sense of how messed up of a person ted bundy was or like how sociopathical he was or uh he's a sociopath and a psychopath and a serial killer so uh you never really get that sense from him you do get a little bit um i think the biggest praise i can probably give this film is i think zach efron does he does a really good job um he does a really good job in scenes where it's recreating um actual footage of or footage and interviews of what Ted Bundy did um on camera and he like gets the mannerisms down and he gets the dialect down of how Ted Bundy talks um but I mean that's my biggest issue with Bohemian Rhapsody is like recreating live aid is like you just look at old footage and that's easy to do but there's something about how Zac Efron not only does it in those scenes but in other scenes where it's not recreating footage um he does these like little ticks and everything to get like show that Ted Bundy, like as charming of a man as he was or came off as to lure his victims. Um, there is something off about him, which is something I noticed in Zac Efron's performance, which was a small touch that made the performance even better. Um, he's easily probably the best part of the film. Lily Collins I is good. She's not great, but she does do the job well. And I, you do sympathize for her character at points, but then there's points where I think another big issue I have is the script where it just constantly repeats things back to the audience and kind of treats them dumb. Um, it doesn't do a lot of showing and showing and not telling. It does a lot of telling and not showing. Um, so that's just, yeah, <laughs> there's so much, 
like there's so much in this movie that they were like almost there, but they just couldn't quite execute it properly. Um, they do. I don't. They kind of do something where you. I don't even know if the film builds up to a point where it's like it makes it seem like you almost sympathize with Ted Bundy, which is at the end of the day you shouldn't because he was an awful man, and the film shouldn't make a side to have you be like oh maybe he maybe there was a reason like i don't know it it didn't nothing paid off in this film is what i'm trying to say um and the film like i said it it doesn't like i don't want to see like they don't have to do the murders and everything and show like gore and how grisly everything was but like at least build up like how he interacted with his victims and like just show how like how crazy he was so that we as an audience can understand who this person is so when we see him in like the courtrooms and uh when he's talking to Lily Collins and I believe the other girl that comes to visit him who like defended him in the late 70s that way we have better context of the whole situation. Cause like, we know he did these murders, but like seeing the psychology behind him in the courtroom being like, Oh no, I never did any of this stuff. Like I'm, how could I have done that? I'm not a, like, I'm not crazy. Um, it would have been, it would have been so much more interesting to watch Zac Efron balance that performance of seeing him off hinge murdering, um, the victims and then seeing him in the courtroom. Pres- uh, doing a like essentially Ted Bundy was doing performances when he was on camera because he, he it was it's a commentary on media too and like even the documentary talks about that and I believe one of the episodes so I just recommend people just go watch the documentary it's more interesting and it's a lot better than how this film is portrayed um, it's the film is just like all over the place it's a mess it doesn't it doesn't live up to what it was supposed to be and what it could have been. Um, and I know that people were giving Zac Efron a lot of flack for being casted in this or something was going on with people complaining about him being cast as Ted Bundy because they said he was too pretty. Um, I was defending that or I was defending Zac Efron being casted because like that was what that was a trait Ted Bundy used to his advantage to lure these victims in was like, he had a charm to him and like was attractive to ladies and that's how he was able to do it. So who are you going to get to star in your film? Oh, get Zac Efron because he's an attractive guy. Like it made sense. Like, I don't know why people got so angry over it, but, um, if you check it out, he's the best part of the movie. Um, there's some interesting scenes when they're in the courtroom that I, I thought were good, but like, it's weird too. The film is structured pretty interesting. There's a part in the film where it feels like the end of the second act going into the third act, but it's only 40 minutes into the film and you still have an hour and 10 minutes left. And it's it's super weird. Like I said, it's just a series of courtroom scenes. So it just like feels like it just keeps going or it's like maybe a television show where it's like, I don't know. This movie was weird. Um <sighs> Like, this one's also one you don't need to rush to your Netflix accounts to check out. (laughs) It's something you can give time to and maybe, like, give it a a couple weeks. You don't need to check it out right away. Um, Just go watch watch the Ted Bundy tapes. It's more interesting. It's four episodes. It's not bad. I think people were also saying that was bad, but I thought it was pretty good when it came out. It was... 
it was interesting for someone who knew a little about Ted Bundy. Like I knew who he was and the murders he did, but like I like find the psychology of serial killers fascinating. That's why I, I'm drawn to like movies like Zodiac and Seven, and just like I like reading about it because I, I just find it interesting. Um, I you can call me weird, I am, but it's just fascinating to read about the psychology about a lot of those um cases from like the 70s and 80s um but you know what are you gonna do it's i i i i like doing horror movies so i'm into weird shit um if i was gonna give a rating for this movie probably three and a half to four um i think five would be too generous it's it's not great it's not terrible um it's it's in like, if you want to watch it, like, I'm not going to tell you not to go watch it. Like, watch it for yourself and base your own opinion about it. I don't really need to... I don't really have the need to go ever go watch it again. So, uh, both movies, I don't really have the need to go watch again. So, I'd rather go... I'm going to go back and watch Endgame and sit through that three hours again. Um, but actually, uh, as I'm looking on IMDb, they just put the, the new Suspiria on Amazon Prime. So, that's actually what I'm going to go watch. Uh... That was a movie last year I was uh, I missed and I was super bummed I missed that. Uh, but now I'm gonna go check that out. <laughs> so I think that's gonna do it for this week's uh, review episode. Stay tuned on our social media pages where you're gonna be having a big episode next week. Um, very excited about that. Um, gonna I also don't know if I'm gonna do a review next week. Uh, I'm gonna be traveling again, uh, heading back to Chicago. So I don't think I'll be able to get a review out. Um, uh, but I think the episode I will be doing next week will more than satisfy for, for a while. I'm hoping it's a pretty long episode. It should be a pretty long episode, but it's going to be a very fun episode and stick around and stay tuned on our social media pages, uh, for updates and announcements on that. But that's going to do it for this week's reviews of long shot and extremely long and unnecessary title. Ted Bundy. Um, but yeah, thank you again, everyone for listening. Um, if you want more updates on the, on the show, on, uh, announcements we're doing, you can go over to our Facebook and Instagram pages at lighting up the marquee. Um, if you want to stay connected, if you want to, you want to ask questions send recommendations over, you can do that. We have our email up. Uh, you can send it over to light up the marquee at gmail.com. Uh, and then you can also listen to us uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, you can go over to Buzzsprout uh, or you can go to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, we have all the links available uh, for your convenience. Did that for you. You're welcome. Uh, took me a little bit, but I finally got that up and ready for you all. So no need to thank me, but you're welcome. Um but that'll do it for this week. Uh, so like I said, stick around for next week's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very excited about it. Can't wait. But until next time, I'm your host, Tim Martin, and this has been Lighting Up the Marquee.